0: All right, welcome back to Lindroth Hockey Podcast. We are in production, or in partnership with the Black and Gold Hockey Productions LLC, with Mark Alward Jr. Today, you're here with co-host father and son duo Andrew and Jim Lindroth. Dad, how are you doing on this fine Friday? Great. We have another uh, special edition here. Go ahead and uh, announce our uh, guest. Yes. Yeah, so today we have our one of our favorite guests that we always have on the show, former NHLer Dave Capuano. Dave, how are you doing today?
1: Doing good, doing good. Always, always like to be introduced with a, a properly said last name. So, I'm doing yes. good.
2: Yeah. Good job, yeah, Andrew. I remember that? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I let Andrew do the uh, intro. Yes. yes. Anyway, so Dave uh, is here once again, uh, giving us uh, his insights into uh, the Bruins and the NHL. Uh, we will release this one today, mm-hmm. uh, April 29th, and this is in preparation of the playoffs, particularly with the Bruins, with our Bruins listeners. Yep. Um,
0: so let's kick it off. Andrew, why don't you start asking Dave some important questions about the playoffs? So Dave, obviously there's one more game tonight, Bruins versus Toronto. And I think that that determines um, the final seating. Um, and it looks like that Bruins are going to play either Toronto or Carolina in the first round. Just a quick question. Um, who would you, if you're the Bruins, who would you rather play in the first round Toronto or Carolina?
1: I think Toronto all day long.
0: Yep, I'd say Toronto as well. We've always done well against Carolina in the playoffs other than last year. No, no, we've always done pretty well, but I think uh, it would be nice to spoil Toronto again. Do you think that there's going to be a point soon, though, that Tor- Toronto does beat Boston in the first round and defeat that curse, especially with Austin Matthews' 60 goals for right now?
1: Well, 60 goals in the regular season. Right. So, you know, come playoff time, you know, the, the Bruins are a tough team to play against. And I do think Toronto is definitely a better team this year. They've added depth. They've added, you know, bunting and a and couple D and, and the goalies um, seems to be solidified. So, you know, they're definitely a better team, but uh, I think that the, the Bruins are still a tough team to play against. They're structurally a tough team to play against I, I'm sure you watch them enough where you, nothing jumps out of you. Like last night they beat Buffalo and nothing jumps out of you, but they win five, nothing. So, you know, it, it's, um, it's nice to see, you know, Masha and Burgee start to get going here. I think, you know, they're probably geared up now with later in their career to, to getting ready for the playoffs. I think you see a little, you've seen a little low, low in their play. Um, but I think that, that that's, you know, when you get to the, be their age, the playoffs come. It's a whole different, year, whole different season for them. Yeah, absolutely.
2: We haven't spoken since the Bruins have done their trades, picking up Lindholm, Josh Brown, getting rid of John Moore. What do you think of Sweeney's trades at the trade deadline this year? And do you think it's going to help the Bruins postseason?
1: I think back on the back end with Lindholm, I think is is tremendous. I think with him and McAvoy back there is as good as you're going to get. Um, but is it enough? I don't know if it's enough physically. Um, you know, Carolina, St. Louis, uh, Minnesota. I mean, you got some big, heavy teams out there that you know in the, in the grind of the playoffs. And I like, I like, I like Minnesota's team. I like, I like Carolina. Obviously, Carolina. If you're going to beat them, it's going to be probably a seven-game series, and you got to show up every single night. And I don't know if, if. Um, if the Bruins could sustain a, a, a seven, a long series against someone like that. Um, but, you know, like I said, the, the Bruins are so structured. Um, you know, you watch a game, you say, how do they win? You watch another game, you say, you know, they're up three, they win three, one. It seems like it's, it's, it's just structured. It's boring. It, it is not a lot of excitement there. You're not watching Edmonton or you're not watching Calgary or you're not watching um, some of these other teams. And I think overall, it's a good thing. I think they all know they all know their job and they all do their job all the way down the list.
0: Yeah, and so I'm curious, Dave. So um, obviously Bruins did not get any forward help at the deadline. Um, and Sweeney said that, uh, and I know he was trying um, for a few players, as we know, especially uh, Raquel from Anaheim, who's now in Pittsburgh. But he says that some of uh, the options out there didn't really move the needle from them. Or for them. And kind of looking at the Bruins uh, forward lines, not including the depth, you know, you have a pretty good second line now. Looks like Eric Holler, who we'll touch base on a little bit Um, uh, here. uh, He's done very well taking crates spot, serving Taylor Hall and Pasternak. But I also want to get your opinion, too, on that third line of Frederick Coyle and Smith. They seem to be one of the most nightmare puck possession lines out there. So kind of a two part question. Do you think the Bruins forward core is good enough to make a deep run? Or do you think that they missed the mark at the deadline or do you not think that anything moved the needle that this is what we're working with? I know it's kind of a long yeah. question, but yeah,
1: I, I, I do think that they they do have much better secondary scoring this year than we've seen in the past few years. Right. So I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's enough. Obviously when, when they lost pasta for five, four or five games, it, you know, they look like they couldn't do anything. And, and that's kind of scary because you got other teams that lose Colorado loses a top guy and they go out and win nine in a row. So I, I just, you know, I, it kind of scares me that pasta is so important to that team, like so important to the power play and, um, you know, I don't know if, if other guys can fill in, um, they don't have a lot of depth. They don't have guys sitting in the minors that are going to come up. Um, so I, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit skeptical to say that I think they can make a long run, but if you get good goaltending, anybody can win.
0: Yeah. Right. And speaking of goaltending, what are your opinions and do you start all or Swayman if you're the coach?
1: Ugh tough call it's a Mm -hmm. tough call again it's like it's kind of like watching one of each other you know every every night one you know one's okay the next night one's okay i think you're gonna go with i think i think he's gonna go with with probably all mark um but i don't know and and i think if he if he gets one in there that gets hot that's a guy you know it's the playoffs that's a guy he's gonna stay with um
0: So what do
2: you think uh, the the goaltending, of course, Rash tried to make his comeback, but it it didn't happen. I mean, I'm looking at their stats, and they pretty much have played the same amount of games, 41 and 40 games. Uh, I mean, it's like split 50-50, and that's kind of unusual for a lot of teams. That means there's really no starter. Do you think that hurts the Bruins or helped the Bruins to have goalies that are, you know, one's not over the other, but yet maybe – One needs to play more. I don't know. Yeah, it's a
0: playoffs, too, that people, they're, you know, using a goalie tandem in the playoffs instead of rolling with one goalie. So.
1: Logically, you would think that would only help, right, guys rested. Yeah. But then on the other hand, it seems like in the playoffs, guys go with one goalie the whole time, and those are the guys that get hot and win Stanley Cups. I mean – the rangers are a good you know look at the rangers goalie and, and and the rangers power play i mean those are two things that you need to win in the playoffs you get timely scoring so you get a big power play goal you get a goalie that stops a 3 on 2 or a 2 on 1 you go the other way you get a power play you score it's de- you know demoralizing for the other team so you know i don't i just don't know if if the bruins have enough i don't like i'm not child like Coyle, great player again, fantastic two-way, smart player. But can he get hot in the playoffs? Can he he score? You know more. Um, I, I just I just don't I just don't know how they would match up in a seven-game series against a Panthers team. And if the Panthers get good goaltending or decent goaltending, can they outscore them?
2: So something I see every playoff season for the last, I can't even remember, Andrew, a long time. The Bruins usually get out-muscled, outplayed, just out-toughed by a team every single year. And uh, do the Bruins have that toughness? I know they got Frederick, which I don't think is enough in my opinion. He's a medium-sized guy. But we do have, uh, you know, Josh Brown. He's not playing. He's like an eighth defenseman. But if we need him, he should be able to step up. But Polino – you know, we could talk about Felino. I, I think Felino's had a terrible season, and I don't know if he can step up. He's an older guy. Dave, what do you think about toughness with the Bruins?
1: I think as a team, they're tough. I think they're fine, but I just don't – I think they're, they're a good puck possession team, right? But I think you, you're looking at it the other way around is, can the Bruins' defense handle the big physical forwards? Right. I think that's the way you got to look at it. And I know it's there. There's such a good team, structural team. But can they handle St. Louis? Can they handle Colorado? Those big physical forwards in their defensive zone in front of their net? Do they have enough? Do they, they don't have a, a Chara anymore that that, you know, but I, I, I do think they have enough toughness. I just, again, I think it so comes down to, to goaltending in the playoffs. Um, and I know that, that you have to have a tough team and physical team, but you do have McAvoy who's to me, you know, an elite top three right yeah. now. So, and he's not afraid to throw his body around. Obviously he's physical. He knows when to make a big hit. He knows how to change momentum of games. So, you know, is it possible that 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 he can be enough? It is. I mean, he could take his game to another level and Swayman could take his game to another level and the Bruins could make a run. That's how I look at how good Charlie McAvoy is.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I know last time we had a discussion about Jake Debrusque. He was a little bit more morbid given his very slow start and then uh, his his request to be traded from the team. Um, But since his request, he's been nothing but professional as far as we've all seen and everything and has done, you know, pretty well in that first line and is now up to 24 goals again. So what do you what do you think about the whole Jake DeBrus situation? Now he's locked up for another two years uh, based on the deadline signing. Weren't able to sign him, but you're kind of not keeping him hostage. I don't want to make it sound like that. But, you know, there's a lot of morbid discussions online. everything. I kind of want your opinion, though, as a player. When a player like that, you know, requests a trade, but then remains professional is, you know, what kind of do you think going on with that?
1: I think by now, I think the team's fine. I don't think it's, I think it's over and done with, and he's played well. And I think, but but I also think back to that, you know, if, if he doesn't request a trade, does he sit on the fourth line all year and have six goals? That's true. Good point. So so who's who's at fault there? To me, it's the coaching staff and and that didn't give him an opportunity to play with Pasta and or play with Bergeron and and Marshant or Pasta and and this their second line center. So I look at it, maybe he was right. Like I want I need an opportunity, you know. Um, and do I think that he's a first or second line guy? I I don't, I don't see it. I I, I'd rather have someone like if you can picture like a Smith that has, you know, 10 years younger with speed and has a second, third effort that's physical and plays physical like a Frederick. I mean, that's what the Bruins need. Like, I think back to your original point, you need a guy like Frederick that plays that style, but is a great first line guy or second line guy offensively that has skill that has a second, third energy effort. You know, the NHL is a second and third effort league. It's not a first effort league. The college can be a little bit more first effort. High school's a little more first. You get to the NHL, it's second, third effort. You look at Marshawn, how many plays he makes or Bergeron. It's not the first effort, the second effort it's him stopping him, starting him going in the corner, him grabbing a loose puck, Losing a loose puck, picking up a loose puck, getting it back. I don't see that out of the brusque. I see it more of a first effort type of thing. And it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't, I think he could be better. I think, you know, he could be more physical, um, be a second, third effort guy. So I think that's what you're, you, you guys are kind of talking about, or Jim's talking about yeah. when it comes to physicalness. I don't, or toughness. I don't per se think it's, you know, having, a Reeves in the lineup every night I think it's you need a couple of those guys like I said like Smith 10 years ago you know with with the skating ability he has and the physical play that's what you're missing with the Bruins and I think the brusque has made a great a, had t- took an opportunity and, and he's got the skill I mean he, playing with those two guys he's got the skill but it just shows you the Bruins didn't have anybody else to put up there
0: right exactly and so do you if, – if you're the GM or the coach, or whatever, if it was your decision, would you keep Jake DeBrusque starting this offseason or, or if you're Don Sweeney, you're still facilit- facilitating a trade for? Him? What would you do now, given his play and his attitude, just based off, you know, surface level, it would
1: Well, I, I think now the Bruins are in a position to get something for him.
0: Right. I, mean, right.
1: I, think, I think the contract's a little bit too much. I think they paid him too much. And that's gonna be a little bit, but I, I think coming off a 25 goal season, someone's willing to stick their ne- neck out for him. I at, before when he had six goals. I mean, no one's gonna, you know, he, he wants to be traded. Like who wants to trade for him? So uh, I think if I'm the GM now, I take and I'm I'm always listening every day. I'm I'm sure they're listening, but you know, it's it's not, <laughs> it's not easy to find these type of guys and that's why you have to draft well and it goes back to we've discussed this time and time again I think the Bruins have drafted like crap yeah yeah absolutely
2: yeah yeah, yeah. let's go to the defense core here so we talked about Lindholm we talked about uh, McAvoy um, you know we've got um, plenty others to discuss you've got uh, Grizzlick, as long as he's healthy he's uh, had a great season uh, Carlo who who to me is just Hit or miss, he's so big, and sometimes he can be a little on the soft side. That's just from me sitting on the couch. Um, What do you think, Uh, Clifton? I mean, I'm looking at
1: Carlo's stats here. He's got 30 pins. I mean, yeah, I I, I know I had more than that. Um, Derek Forbert's,
0: you know, been okay. He's a big penalty kill guy, but it's kind of like –
1: Yeah, I'm not – I'm not – I I thought Carlo – I think Carlo has struggled at times. Yeah, and um,
2: and do you think, what is he struggling with as a player? I mean, he's big. He
1: assuming he's healthy. What, what's, what is he's not, he's big, but he's not playing big. Right.
0: Thank you. He doesn't play big. That's his issue. Nope. You're six, 6'5, play big. And yeah. he doesn't, you know, what, what about uh, Mike Riley? He was the trade deadline acquisition of the year for us last year. was putting up tons of points before the playoffs now he's being benched and he certainly doesn't agree. He's had his saying, saying that he deserves to be in the lineup. What is Mike Riley's problem? What suddenly happened with that, do you think?
1: Well, confidence, right? I mean, you get pulled from the lineup, you're not playing great. Um, never really, I was never really a huge Riley fan. I thought, I think he's a good sixth, seventh guy. I mean, and I think that the Bruins are kind of loaded up with, with, on defense back there. And they wanted to give every, they want to give everybody an opportunity going in, um, going into the playoffs to see what they see, what they got. And, and it's including Riley Forsberg, all those guys that they're on showcase to, to see the ice time you're going to get in the playoffs. So, um, you know, it just makes me laugh. Some of these guys that, you know, they think they should be in a lineup, just go out there and play. Like, <laughs> like yeah. you, you're, you're making the money that, that those guys are making um you know I, I think they need to be a little more grateful and just go out there and play um it's just I, I don't I'm not a big fan of his I, I think he's he's got good skill but again the Bruins are lacking the toughness in their own zone and I and I think like Grizzlick and those uh, the other you know they can play tough but they're small guys right. yep right. so that's you know the difference and I think Carl definitely needs to step it up in the playoffs for the Bruins to have a good chance that he's got to, he's got to play. He's got to play mean and he's got to play tough.
2: Yeah. What about Felino? We, I
0: briefly mentioned him. He's not having a good season. He's got one year left on his contract, 3.8 million. And would cost us somewhere, I believe a little under 2 million to buy him out next year. Oh, you're already buying him out. I'm buying him out. Dave, Dave,
1: what do
2: you think? The Bruins buy him out? two goals and seven. I was going to ask about the, the playoffs. You're already at
0: the end of the season. Yeah. Well, okay. two, well, two goals, 11 assists. That's, that's kind of rough for
1: 3.8 million. Yeah. I wish I was still playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but again, the Bruins fill their holes with guys that, that they, that they want to play Bruins hockey. And I think that he's, he you know he's smart player he's probably a plus player he's gonna chip pucks in he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna play his game where he they want those guys to have puck possession shifts and I think that line does um and I think he it is what it is with him and that's what you get I mean for me I guess I'm not disappointed in him because I've watched him play prior and I kind of know what he is, and that's that's what he is. So, um, and don't forget too, you know, people. You look at stats. I mean, what is you know what is um, you know what does Bergeron have for the year without being on the power play? Like you 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 know, especially with the Bruins. I mean, they basically have one power play for a minute and a half, and those other guys are getting twenty five seconds. So, you know, tough to tough to have. good stats when you're playing 12 minutes a game. So I don't really look at the stats as much as, as for, for a guy like him, he's got to help every shift on, on trying to, to build momentum. And he's a smart cagey veteran that knows how to do that. Well, and so I
0: I also want to ask too, Dave, because you were a player where the couch potatoes, a lot of the arguments I see on you know social media or whatever, in the debates between people who use stats and the people who say, he has a lot of intangibles. He's a great leader. Obviously, he's very well-liked in the locker room. A lot of people respect him. Do you think that those intangibles do play into him staying in the lineup? Because with how cutthroat Cassidy is, i got to say, I am quite surprised he hasn't been benched yet. But maybe it's because of his effort. Maybe it's good leadership. What What do you see?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think he does his job. I mean, <laughs> I think he, he, he does he what they, what they want out of him.
0: You know? Right. So – no,
2: I think, yeah, maybe you're playing a little maybe we're both playing a little too much and making him what he's not. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's not he's not what maybe he's right. Maybe he's not what you guys expected. But yeah. um, as far as myself, I mean, I he's the type of guy that playing the minutes he's playing, he's 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 probably a he's gotta be a plus player, I would imagine. And he's and he's and he's a guy that builds momentum. Um when he's out there and he doesn't make mistakes, he's going to chip pucks in. He's going to play the wall out of his own zone. Well, he's going to, he's going to make sure that, you know, if a puck can get deep, it gets deep. He's going to make sure that they cycle the puck and they, and they, that puck possession, you know, he's going to make a, he's going to take a, make a big hit when he needs to, he's going to fight if he needs to, you know? So I think that that the coaching staff probably relies on all that stuff from him and he does it. I, I don't, You know, I don't know um, if you're expecting him to score 15 goals. I mean, it's it's just hard to do when when the Bruins play that top line or top two lines so much, right? You know, and then you then you got penalty killing. He's he's not penalty killing. You got Coyle who eats up a lot of minutes there. So you know. the Bruins are very, and I talked to my brother about this this morning, they're, they're a structured team and, and more so than, than a, a lot of other teams. Right. Um, so I, I think that that gets them, they, they frustrate teams. They frustrate teams. and that, But again, you, you had Rask or you had, you know, always had somebody in net for them that was could stand on his head. And I, I'm not sure you have that right now.
2: Right. Where does Taylor Hall fit in? Andrew and I was, were debating this. You know, this kid, kid, now he's a guy who's supposed to be a superstar and he's second, third line. What has he got? 20 goals. I'm looking at it. I'll look at his stats right now. He's uh, 20 41. So he's got 61 points. Um, I'm a big Taylor Hall. He's a big Taylor Hall fan. I was hoping to get more out of him and he's had chances to go on the first line, but he just hasn't made it. Well, you'll never pass Marshane on the depth chart. Well, oh, true. Unless he's injured. What do you think? It seems like he likes the Bruins. He's bought into the team. He's bought into their system because he's been unhappy everywhere he's gone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, tough situation, right? I mean, a former MVP, right?
2: Yeah. Heart mean, winner, yeah.
1: To win the heart and then struggle like he did doesn't happen very often in the NHL. So that just amazes me. Um, but again, we talk about the NHL being a second effort league and I'm not a big fan of his second effort.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, He plays wing more. So I think he's built to play center. Okay. But I think that he's more of a sentiment. And I think that Bergeron's probably helped him immensely too, just by watching Bergeron. But I think 61 points. I think if anybody said Taylor Hall is going to have 61 points on the year, anybody would have taken that for the Bruins. Um, so, but I, like I said, I mean, he's not, again, can he raise his game? Now the Bruins want to make a run. Can he raise his game? Can the brush raise his game? Can the raise his game and play physical? Right. Win every battle with a second, third effort. Right. Um, you know so i think that's the point that jim's trying to make are they physical enough well those are the type of guys that need to to do more right yeah and i think that they're, they're capable of it but you got to find a whole different level in the playoffs and i'm not about... go ahead dave what
2: what, what, what about what about haller
0: talking about
1: yeah that about second and up...
2: third effort he seems to have been really taking off and getting hot right at the right time
0: because he was terrible in the beginning. I really struggled. But then once he was, was placed he get, on the second line, then he, he started right. to... Was he getting opportunities like Dave right. said? And now not. now he's got 18 goals and 26 assists, 44 points and he's plus he's playing 19. great. He's yeah. playing great. And the second yeah. or third effort has been there for him too, I think. Absolutely.
1: The... Absolutely. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of his. I'm now, a fan of his. Now, do
0: we're in trouble with that center depth if Bergeron gets hurt in the lineup? Because a lot of the, the talk is... Now you're, now Halla is your first-line center.
1: Well, yeah, if Bergeron gets hurt, you're done. So, I mean, the, the Bruins don't have, have any depth.
0: Yeah, without Bergeron, this team is nothing, right? Can you say that again, Dave? I like Bergeron. Don't get on my I'm not,
1: team. I'm not saying they're nothing. I'm saying that you want to win a cup, you're not going to win a cup without him.
0: Thank you. That defensive effort. He's a, he should win the Selkie this year, should he not, Dave? I know he's won it too many times but oh, he has yes, deep best this. Listen to you. Dude, come on. I I am I'm, I'm
1: sorry but I got to go back off on that one. See that? Oh,
2: See on. that? You get a little too big for your britches and and Dave's got to put you down. I have $50 uh-huh. on Bergeron. What <laughs> What what about uh, Lazar? I'm a big Lazar fan, especially the second half of the season. We're he makes lose. the best He makes the best of the opportunities given, I think. What do you think,
1: Dave? Great effort guy, right? I mean, to talk yeah. about second third effort I mean, if you could take a lot of those guys and put them in each other, yeah, you know? Um, and he's, he's, you know, he's, he knows his job, but he's, he works hard and he's, he's a great second, third effort guy. And, he's, and he can score some goals too. I, I don't think he, I mean, I remember watching him really young come up and I, and I thought maybe he was a little more skilled, but um, again, you know, doesn't get a ton of time right right playing third fourth line all the time um but yeah i'm 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 a fan of those the bottom six is is much better um yeah you know it's not a it's not a Casey Sazikas, Martin clutterbuck yeah that's the type of i'm um, that's what i'm talking about where the bruins need they need that one line and and again the reason why that line is so successful is because there's not a lot of lines like that. Right. I mean, Martins a skilled, can play, can score goals, can fight, and finishes every single check. Clutterbucks finishing every. And there's, it's a tough seven, six game grind in the playoffs. You try to finish a check every single shift, every single night. But that's what you need Debrusk doing. That's what you need. Debrusk is not good enough to go out there and play kind of like a pasta. Right. but I, I even see pasta this year at times play physical. Yeah. Like when he wants to play physical, he can.
2: Okay. Now, do
1: I want him playing physical? I'm sorry. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't want him playing physical because without pasta without Bergie you're done. Yeah. But
2: you know, what, what about Marchant? So people, are, and this is what I don't get. So they, Last night, uh, was it last night or the night, whatever? The game, it was two nights ago, whatever. He he came back and he scored an empty netter. And everybody's like, Oh, the 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 drought is over. But it's like, it like this guy goals, makes this guy drought. makes this guy will go in a corner and nine out of 10 time he comes out with the puck. He makes smart plays. I don't think he's struggling. You might say putting the puck in the net, but making plays, I don't think he's struggling. But every everybody's trying to make a big deal that he's He's frustrated and he's off his game. Do you think he's off his game?
0: You notice when his Pasta was back in, like Dave said, kind of changed. Well, you know they're not on the same line, right, Dave? It's like a no,
1: but but everything, everything again. I mean, I don't know how many points that that Marsha has this year, but I can guarantee you that probably fifty percent of them are power play or penalty killing. So, yep. you know, again, that's playing with pasta. So. Yep. Pasta make that you know it's it's not by accident that Pasta's out five games and, and Marchant doesn't score. I mean that's yeah. not an accident. Yeah. So
0: 20,
1: twenty-seven power
0: play points and eighty points. So yeah, it's about a third of his points this year. Yeah,
1: from Marchant? Yep, so yeah. twenty-seven so, on the power play out of eighty. Yeah. yeah, it probably has seven or eight shorthanded too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, you got to, but it, it's also it's also more of a struggle playing without pasta on that top line. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause Marchant's probably a, still a 40 goal guy playing with pasta. Yeah. You know, the is not going to make Marshant as, as good as pasta is, which is fine. But like I'm saying, the needs to step up. The Carl needs to step up. These guys all need to play a little more physical. They all need to, 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 to make it tougher to play against and they all need to find a second third fourth effort kind of like a Lazard type thing during the playoffs and that's what you're going to get out of st louis out of even calgary out of colorado i mean you're gonna you're playing a bigger physical teams so but i mean the bruins have done well against a lot of the good teams this year i mean they spanked colorado one game didn't they they spanked florida a couple games i mean they're a tough team to play against because they don't give you a lot of space. And Bergeron is so good defensively. And I think Bergeron could win the Selkie. I'm not saying he can't, but I, I just think that Bakov is, is just another level. Like he's just big, he's strong. He's, he's just plays it. He's just, a, you know, at his age, he's, he's more effective than, than, than Bergeron. So
0: before we move on from the Bruins, kind of touch you know base on a couple of other teams and league and some other things real quick, Dave. Um, I want to know your opinions on if uh, you have high hopes on any of uh, um, the Bruins' prospects on making a splash in camp next year. I know we've talked a lot about Studnika before. He's had a lot of expectations on him. We've seen Oscar Steen this year, who's played well. And now we've got some uh, college unsigned guys that are undrafted guys. McLaughlin scored a couple of times. I like his game. You also got Merkuloff who has been killing it in Providence. He was just a college free agent signing. You got John Beecher. Now do you have any dark horses or names that you think could make the lineup next year?
1: No, I don't, I don't see like the names that you've, I, that, that, that you've named obviously I've, I've seen McLaughlin and, and, and Steen and Studnicka, I haven't seen a lot of the guys that they've signed from college um, and I haven't really, you know, there's, there's there's nobody there like a Kale McCaw coming up. There's nobody, you know what I mean? So, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little disappointed. I thought Studnicka would have a better year because he put on a lot of weight. Um, I still think that Studnicker has a ton of, of um, great hockey sense that and he learned a lot from Bergeron that he can be very good for the next five or six, seven years. I think it, sometimes it takes guys a little longer. I'm hoping that, you know, maybe one more. And I, and I know that the last time he got called up, you know, the the coach said that, you know, Studnik has been by far the best player in province, head okay. and shoulders behind it. Anybody else better than everybody else. So, but I, he needs to, he needs to, um, he needs to transform that game to the NHL level. So, but as far as, as far as, like I said, we've talked about their draft. I mean, they gotta, they gotta get lucky with somebody that comes up and can, can, can play with the, the physical Luchik, Neely, you know, get that, that, that type of, 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 you know, passion back in that, that lineup that brings up the play of every other of DeBrusque and, and all those other guys. So um, as far as, as far as that goes, I mean, I, Steen's a great skater, um, but I, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd love to see them draft a little bit better. I mean, we've talked what about if, over and over the fact that they missed, you know, the Islanders' kids there. Yeah, so. You know, Barzell, it, it just goes back and just boggles my mind. But, you know, now, it's not if, an easy if, thing. Kids are 18, 19 years old. It's not easy. But right. other teams seem to do it religiously, like Tampa Bay Lightning. Right. Nobody grasps better than Tampa. Right. Do you and think they have a
0: dime, Do you think they have a diamond in the rough though with uh, the Fabian LaSalle kid, the little pasta junior that they're trying to bank high on their, their first round pick from this year?
1: Well, again, I mean, you know, I mean, we, we thought Starnica was, was that going to be that player. So it, it's tough. It's tough to say. It's tough to say until, you know, it, it like I said, it, it's kind of a crap shoot at that age. Um, but again, why is Tampa so good at it? Why I just don't understand how they can be that much better drafting, and go down the list. I can I can and the kid. I mean Johnson. Um, I mean they the, the, the go down the list. I can't think of them all off the top of my head. But like you look at Hedman, Johnson, uh, Kucherov, Stam Stamkos. Um, they got a bunch of young guys on that third, fourth line. The kid that got traded to Seattle, I mean, that, that Seattle took um, in the uh, draft Johnny away Gordon. from them. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, all these kids they drafted young. I mean, I, I don't know why the, it seems like the Bruins just can't seem to, to get it right in the draft. So is
2: it, um, and, and, I mean, at this point, it's, it's uh, you know, GM, couch potato, GM here. But it's like, if the Bruins don't go far, do you see changes in the front office, even with the coaching, if they if they can't get deep? Yeah, dad wants Cassidy gone. I'm not a Cassidy fan. Not that I, I, like not that I think he's a bad coach. I just don't know if he's right for the Bruins. But that's just me. I got no evidence to back that up. It's just my gut.
1: I mean, I might be biased, but I'd love to see my brother there. Yeah, yeah, that would be be great. But no, I I think Cassie's done a great job. I mean, uh, not, but at some point, right? I mean, he's six, seven years in. Right, Right. exactly. So at some point, obviously, you know, and this might be the year, if they lose the first round, they might clean house. I don't, I don't know. I mean, but, it, you know, I look at, you know, David Quinn, who's a friend of mine in in New York, um, (laughs) had a tough couple years with, with COVID. And um, Panera was hurt and they fired him. So it, it's, um, you just don't know. But I'm, I think Cassie's done a good job. And I think that, that that they got great structure in place with the whole, I think they get a lot more out of some of their teams and, than what they have for talent. And that tells me the coaching staff does a, a good job. But, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. So Dave,
0: any under... Rated teams going into playoffs. I've got the Minnesota wild LA Kings, New York Rangers and Calgary. Those are my dark horses who I think could take it all the way as a surprise. Do you have any, not, not a cup favorite. We'll talk about that later in place. The back dad, right. Just anybody that you think could really surprise, knock out a couple top seed teams.
1: I, I, I mean, obviously I think that really almost anybody can make a run and win a cup, but the most important thing out of that, anybody is goaltending. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I love Calgary's team. I don't know if they have the goaltending. Right. I love Minnesota's team. Is Flurry going to be the guy? It's possible. I like, I like Minnesota's team. I think they got good depth. Hartman and um, some of those young guys, obviously, Feola, Fe- um, Fiala, yeah. Fiala, one of my favorite guys when, when he, before he was traded. Hold on one second. Sure. Sorry. So, um, I think has been tremendous. I've watched a lot of Minnesota games. Um, Was a big fan of him when they traded for him. They didn't trade much. I mean, that was somebody the Bruins could have went after too. Um, And again, um, and then you got the Rangers, to me, who have, you know, that goaltender has done it all year. And I think they have enough that that they could definitely make a run
2: yeah the whole story is about goalies are are a strange breed everything from their habits to their thinking to whatever that's the stereotype but can you explain as a as a player the phenomenon of a playoff goalie when they're hot they just seem to be hot but it's like what makes them hot
1: i don't know if what makes them hot i mean they're just good
2: I mean, obviously I mean, it's confidence, but it just seems like some of them will just stand on their head where other times they can't. I mean, is, is there anything that, uh, that, you know, as, as a player, you've seen goalie. I mean, is everybody just like what happened to him or is it something that just happens? I don't know. Well, like No, I you-
1: was, I, when I was in Vancouver, we had Kirk McLean. So, you know, and Kirk was, was, that type of goalie, when he when he started to feel it, you knew, you know, you could feel it in the locker room that, you know, you had the whole team had confidence, and I think that's the key with the goaltender is that goaltender is going to make the big save at the right time, and the and the whole team plays better. Right. So, um, I think that's more so what happens than just kind of a goalie getting hot. I think if you look at back at look at you know Edmonton during the years of Grant Fuhr I mean you know they they know they could give up a 3 on 1 because he was there and they're going the other way right and and like I said before that exchange of 2 on 1 goalie makes a save or you know and back the other way and the other team scores it changes the momentum of a game and it's tough to get it back sometimes but I remember you know and that was probably the best you know, goalie that I've played with was, was Kirk McLean. And when he got going and and the whole locker room knew it, they knew it. And, and, and it, and you stepped your game up, played a little harder defensively and didn't give up the chances and, and, and just try to make them make the one save.
0: So um, before the, the last thing I wanted to ask Dave, dad, um, didn't have to do with the playoffs, but uh, Rookie of the Year award. This has been something that's controversial the whole season. You have Michael Bunting, who is like 30-something years old. That's a joke. I think he's like 28. But the the argument is is he is leading the rookies in points this year. I think if you compare just rookies, he's been the better one. Um, but he's above the age of 25. You also have guys like Tanner Janot, who's in the talk. He's got 25 goals, plays third line, no power play minutes, leads the uh, league in fighting majors. But Dave, do you think that those guys, 23 to 28, that's too old to be rookie of the year, or do you think that it should be whoever it's their first year? What what are kind of your opinions and who is uh, your choice for rookie of the year this year?
1: So I, I, I believe that 24, 25 should definitely be the cutoff. I don't think, I think after that, I, I don't see it being a rookie. I don't, 28, unfortunately, if you're 28 coming into the league, I just don't see how they can compare a 28-year-old to an 18-year-old. Um, I think even an 18, 19-year-old, you know, is different than a 25-year-old. So maybe they have two different classes of rookie, rookie of the year. Maybe the NHL could expand on that. Um, but I, again, I, again, my, I've watched a lot of the Florida Panthers this year. I haven't watched as much of Nashville, but Lindell for Florida to me um, has impressed me as much as anybody. Um, you know, Jano having all those fights on top of it is obviously um, is a huge part of that team in Nashville. Um, so you know, I think I think any of those guys, I think I think twenty eight year old guy, I think I would not consider a rookie. But I think any other other guys you mentioned including Sudur Sadar for for Detroit uh, I've watched a few of his games um, just an immense talent immense man big skates unbelievable and I, I think that that the sky is the limit for, for him um, yeah. very exciting to, to watch him in, in, in going forward and now um, I'm pretty sure Detroit has um, hired Derek's defenseman there, um, Hall of Famer, right? So yeah. I think that he's gonna get a lot of um, good knowledge there. Um so I, I think it's exciting. You get a lot of exciting rookies in the league, in, including Zebris and in and in, in, in Anaheim, um, who's had a great year and, and you can't take away what he does. And and um like I said, you you don't put asterisk next to how you score a goal. Um right. Brownie was in, in Pittsburgh and When I was there with with Lemieux, um, Brown had, I think, 50-something goals. Um, Everybody said he couldn't skate. He couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. And um, he used to say to me, you know, they don't ask me how.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. So, uh, well, I should ask this because we might not uh, get a chance to have Dave on before this. So what has to happen for the Bruins not to play Carolina? They have to win tonight to play Toronto and what? Toronto
0: loses or what? See, that's a good question. I have to double check cuz I thought we were play, I thought and I thought point. we were playing Carolina for sure, but now you're telling me no. No, and then I started to look and it was saying it's probably going to be Toronto. It's going to be up to th- today's game, I think. All right. So then we won't get into it, but Dave, I was going to
2: ask you if it was Carolina and and I guess we don't we don't need to speculate, but what did the Bruins
0: need to do Special if they're playing Carolina. Yeah, because we're one point behind Tampa in the standings. And I think Tampa's done playing. Nope, Tampa plays tonight. So it's going to come down to us, Tampa, how everybody plays. Tampa lose, we win. Yes.
2: Who's Tampa playing tonight?
0: Tampa is playing New York Islanders tonight. So that, you know, we'll see how that goes. We're playing Toronto. We're going to be playing, you know, Chris Wagner and other guys tonight. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Okay. We, do, do you think we should be resting our guys anyways tonight, or do you think?
1: Well, that's a tough I think, call. I mean,
0: it doesn't matter too much, right? I would
1: rather, I think, I would almost think I'd rather play Toronto in the first round. So if you had to win, you win the game. But um, it's tough because sometimes that rest is key going into the playoffs. So, uh, well, and that's.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm just You're a big. Not, not yeah, maybe not. Dad. Well, Dave, I won't speculate. I was going to ask you if it was Carolina, but it's no use of getting a Carolina, uh, you know, inside track on them if we're not going to play them. So here comes the big question, and I'm putting money, Andrew, I'm putting money. Dave's giving me nothing but shit about. He called it last year. It was Tampa, and, he and called I think, it before the playoffs. And started. he called it. We'll give him his due. He called it way before the playoffs yep. started, and he never changed. Nope. He stayed right on there. So, so Dave. Dave, the pressure's on. What's that guy? Oh, you don't know, Andrew. Dave, who's that guy that used to do uh, – the sports guy that used to do – was it Super Bowl? He used to guess a Super Bowl. I forget his name. Oh, yeah, the guy
0: that always predicted the stuff. Yeah.
2: That's like Dave with the NHL. We're going to make him the – Yeah. put pressure on
1: I, I The amazing Dave, part about the NHL is that it's so hard – to predict, I don't want to count Tampa Bay out. They're 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 now they're turning again. The last two weeks, for two weeks prior to that, you said How is this team even win two cups? And now all of a sudden, the last two weeks, Stamkos, Kucherov, Headman, all the they they've all just kind of woken up. Um, so when you have the core they have now, if the trades they made, ha, is it Hagel they got from the Chicago yep. and a couple other guys they traded for? If those guys step up right. and play third line, and they because that, that third line is so important. I think that's where you win and lose series. And that's why I like Tampa. Um, and that's kind of why I like the New York Rangers. They got Lafreniere, they got a lot of those rookie guys that, that are really, not rookies now, but I mean, they're skilled guys. Right. right? And so, and I think the Rangers play the right way. I think they those guys play physical and play hard and give that second, third, and fourth effort that I don't see the Bruins doing on a nightly basis. So, but I guess my heart's telling me that you got Tampa, you got Florida and you got Colorado. Right. So those you were, are
2: you you were high on Florida.
1: I I'm on I'm high on all three of them. But they have to stay healthy. Yeah. And I and I just I just feel like Tampa's goalie is that over the edge, but can they really win 3 in a row? So it's tough. I might I might need to see a week before I give you a prediction.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Well, tough you year. know what?
2: You know what? Since I'm going to lay money down, I'm going to
0: give <laughs> Dave a week. Yeah. Good idea, dad.
1: <laughs> I could have, I could have did this though because I told you about a month and a half ago to pull all your money out of the stock market. So <laughs> yeah, <you did. laughs> I, I told you that you, did. you could have, you could have made a lot more money, just putting your money on the sidelines. Like I did a year ago.
2: Are you gonna listen to Dave. Yeah, it's true. I was bitching and moaning on, <laughs> on Facebook and, uh, Dave told me, he's like, uh, you know, what are you doing? It's going to get worse. Yep. You didn't listen to him, did you? Actually, I, I kind of listened, not that I want to spout my uh, <laughs> personal finances. Uh, no, I mean, I, I listened to an extent, uh, you know, let's put it this way. I shifted as much as I could into some I-bonds that'll earn me at least 8% in a year. Let's put it that way. But uh,
1: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah,
2: yeah we'll, well, David can give me some more tips off air. But all right, so. We'll have to check in 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 a week and announce this because uh, we did have a few people that were uh, um, sent us message on Twitter about uh, they were really looking forward and they were going to be on board with uh, Dave's pick. Yep. So we'll, uh, we'll have to make sure that Dave, see Dave's got pressure now. Yeah. You got like four to six people asking what the prediction is.
1: Right. Yeah. Right now. I mean, you got good odds. So, I mean, you can, you can, I I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, I'm leaning that Tampa, Florida, Colorado so that's,
0: that's where i'm at too.
1: that's that's kind of where i'm at now the the dark horse of of the ranges maybe mini flurry gets hot and mini you know so um you know but i again it's it's hard to it's hard to pick last year i have to say tampa State healthy Yep, kucherov came back tampa State healthy and they and they made their run and and I think, you know, Tampa's going to be no easy out. That's for sure with, with, with their goaltending. It's just like I said, it's that back, it's that back line, um, that third line for Tampa. If they start contributing like the third line of the last two years, I think they can win a cup again.
0: Wow. And, and, Dave, one more quick thing. I, I totally forgot to ask this. This has been the big news. Vegas Golden Knights making the biggest splashes in free agency. Petrangelo, Jack Eichel loading up looking forward to making a cup run remember last year they were one of the favorites too now for the first time in uh history they don't or in franchise history for them they don't make the playoffs after making big splashes like that you're, you're locking up those guys Petrangelo and eichel that's not good they didn't make the playoffs this time what what do you think needs to change for that franchise I, i'm honestly very surprised i was high on vegas for all season
1: yeah it's uh I mean, I'm a main guy, right? So Eichel's a BU guy. I'm not a big BU yeah. fan of any, any, anybody. <laughs> um, very big rivalry of of Oz, but you know, I, I think that the Eichel trade was was tough for them. Obviously, again, you got they they traded the guys they traded. Tr- tuck and, and those guys were were probably big locker room guys for them. And then all of a sudden, you have Eichel come in, and I think that you get the locker room saying, "Oh, this kid's going to be a savior." And I'm not sure that that, um, first of all, how healthy could he have been after surgery, after not playing not healthy, but ready to play in the NHL right away. So it it took him a long time to probably get his feet wet. And I think you and and Stone was hurt, too. So I think Stone is the end makes that team go. So I think without I think if Stone's in the lineup the whole year, they make the playoffs. Interesting. So again, we talk about injuries. So, you know, Stone to them is like pasta to the Bruins. But again, structurally, structurally, do they like if that happened to the Bruins, the Bruins still make the playoffs because their structure is so good. Right. Now, as far as Vegas, their structure is probably not that good defensively. And they couldn't withstand making, you know, winning games they had to win. So I think they'll be better next year. And I think with Stone, they come back and they make the playoffs. So, Dave, if you're up
2: for it, we'd love to have you come back, especially round two if the Bruins make it. And even if the Bruins don't make it, have you back for round two because uh, um, our podcast isn't just, uh, you know, Boston fans. We get uh, quite a few listeners now, so I think it'll be a good thing. So if you're willing to, we'd love to have it back on and uh, get the inside scoop from a guy who
0: played the game really well. Plus, we need to know who we're betting on this year, Dave.
1: Yeah, I got to figure that out, too, who I'm betting on. So – I got to I got to come up with something here soon, but I'm, I'm going to uh, I want to give it a little bit of time here. And and, and watch the first week? Uh, odds don't change that much. Um, now that it's legal that we bet. Let's let's get that out there. It is legal in Rhode Island. It's legal. I don't know about where you are, but in Rhode Island, it's legal. It's not. No, it's it's
2: not. It's but... not but, you know, I you know, I could still I got, I got a lot of friends in Massachusetts.
1: OK, <laughs> um, what's well, legal in Massachusetts? Maybe. I don't know. I don't even know yeah, if it's it legal there. Yeah, it is. A lot of. Okay, so um, so we'll, we'll, we'll wait about a week and we'll come back on and, and we'll make that choice. We're going to bottle it down to, to one pick. But it, it might have to be, you know, with the odds you get, you know, you might have to throw a few bucks on the ranges, you know. Right. So, right. You but might. I will come back and I will make a prediction. I don't know if I can go two for two because it's really hard just to go one for one. But I will, uh, I will ponder it and um, – <laughs> and come back and and make that decision. Dave Capiano,
2: ladies and gentlemen. Dave, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Okay, so not much to talk about, Andrew. Dave's uh, given us a lot to think about, a lot of good stuff. Things that he talked about that uh, makes a lot of sense, again, from someone who's played in the NHL. He's got a little bit of an
0: inside track with some things where we're like, why don't this, this and that? And he kind of has answers why. So Right. Or at least, you know, has some sort of idea what goes on. So we appreciate everybody. We're obviously Bruins fans, so go Boston Bruins. And uh, we hope everybody enjoyed the podcast with Dave Capuano today. And we've got uh, guests coming up real quick. Who's our next guest, Andrew? Mm, Hold on real quick. It is Taylor Rickart. He played for the Utah Grizzlies from 2016. Well, that's right. So 2020, and I think, was captain as well. So ECHL fans, this yes. will be another big one. So we're excited to have Taylor Rickhart or Richart on R I C H A R T on later this next week. Yeah. All right. Thank you all very much, and uh, we'll catch you next week. All right, catch you then.